like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and today I'm joined by Dan Hodgins, who you've heard a lot about if you listen to the podcast, because, Dan, I talk about your stuff a lot. Uh oh. <laughs> um, but just in case, uh, what do you want people to know about you if they don't know about you already? A couple of things. One is that I'm an early childhood consultant, so I'm on the road a lot. And then I've got two books, Boys. Changing the Classroom, Not the Child, and Get Over Relearning Guidance Practices. Uh-huh. My third one is almost done. Oh, my um, God. What the hell, where did you get that idea is the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm loving Titles. it. Um, is it. And so the, the two that you've got already, the Get Over It and Boys, are only available digitally now, right? That's correct. And they do that. they sold out. So your website, yeah. That's like yeah. the, my only my only thing. I love those books. I use them so much. I talk about them so much, but I need the book in my hand. <laughs> Me too. I got to smell it. I got to turn yeah. the pages. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but after um, after five years, the book's life has changed. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I get it. But I just, every time I read it, I'm like, man, I wish I could uh, hold this book. So, but thank you for both of them. I think they're great. I'm excited you've got a third one. Um, so Dan and I are going to talk about what might be sort of a controversial idea about um, it. It will be maybe non-traditional. Maybe is a better better word than than uh, whatever I said. What did I say? Controversial. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about talking with families about their children's behavior. Um, and I'm going to start this. The quote I've got to start our conversation is from. Um, the April-May 2018 issue of Teaching Young Children, and it was just a really basic article about, um, oh, I can't find it. Oh, man. Responses to challenging behavior. But here's the quote that's going to start our conversation. Um, Partner with families to let children know you're all working together to help them succeed. Tell parents about the behaviors that you're seeing in the classroom and what strategies you're they can try those strategies at home. 
Ask parents what behaviors they see at home and collaborate to be consistent. <laughs> oh, so, God. As a starting <laughs> point, I mean, that's really basic. That's ingrained, I think, in anybody who works with young children that we should be talking with families about about behavior. And I think a lot of times, a lot of frustration that I hear from people when they talk about being frustrated with parents is that is around those kinds of conversations. Um, and, you know, parents don't respond the way we want them to, or they don't do what we want them to do. But um, I'm of a mind that we just don't need to have those conversations <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, and I am too. And, and I think there's some several issues here, uh -huh. Heather. One is, um, if we believe that parent, if children are reflections of parents, uh -huh. um, and that doesn't always mean that every single one, but often when I'm working with parents and guardians, um, what children do often is a reflection of whether or not I'm a good parent or not. And so if we talk to parents about what children are not doing that they don't like, mm -hmm. um, then parents begin to wonder, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes come down harder on a child uh, based on that reflection. So it really kind of backfires. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, I better be a better parent, so therefore I'm going to do the following things. And, and sometimes those things have nothing to do with what the child did in the program. Mm -hmm. I think so often um, adult attitudes about working with children or parenting children are so based on um, the things that are easy to see. I think that's why, you know, numbers and letters become the measure of academic success so early. And I think that also transfers into this conversation about behavior. If my child shares and takes turns and never throws a tantrum, then those are measurable ways that you can see that I've done a good job parenting. Yes, yes. And that is unfair to parents, for one thing. Right, right. Well, plus the behaviors that I see as normal, quote, normal behaviors would be a child not sharing, mm -hmm. um, a child who speaks loudly, a child who does a lot of running and doesn't pay attention to who they run into. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the kinds of things that I think we need to talk to parents about how that behavior is what we look forward to because it is so normal in the practices. Mm -hmm. I used to talk, um, I used to say that uh, behaviors like not sharing at this age or, you know, hitting when they're frustrated are developmentally appropriate. And I found that that was really confusing for people because I, I felt like they, you know, that just didn't get me very far. And I've sort of switched it to we expect to see those things at this age yeah. or we're not worried yes. about those things. And that's not to say we wouldn't try to support them in finding another way to respond. Right, right, but, um, right. But just this idea that... Um, Honestly, that there's anything a parent can do at home that's going to affect really significantly what they do when they're with us in a program is, is sort of misguided to me. Yeah. And I'm, parents are often uh, surprised when I will say to them, uh, we're really excited Eric hit today. We've been waiting for it. And, and we're kind of excited that it's now begun. Uh -huh. And the parent gets that astonished look. <laughs> but it also says, oh, this happens frequently when you put a group of kids mm -hmm. together. Um, they don't recognize each other. And so therefore, if you're in my way, I'm going to push you out of my way, etc. 
Yeah. And then it makes it a little more um, accepting mm-hmm. um, often that um, it doesn't mean that a parent wants their child to hit, but at least as teachers, we can help someone know that this is so practical mm-hmm. in, in its approach. And I worry more about children who don't hit. Uh, yes. Children who do just makes it more accepting for the parent. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I say a lot of times, and usually the person I'm talking to doesn't like it, because um, usually it's a it's a teacher or a child care provider who's frustrated that, you know, the behavior continues, even though I keep talking to mom about it, um, is when they're with me, it's my job yes. to, to respond yes. and to set expectations and to manage how I how I'm going to see whatever that behavior is. Um, and and so to me, telling a parent at the end of the day all the things their child did wrong is the same as saying, I don't know how to do my job. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, plus it, it says that my child only do, or your child only does wrong things. Yes. Because um, my belief is if you're going to talk to parents, it should be about what a child is capable of doing. Right. Rather than what a child is doing mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, the program, like you said, if it's happening in a center or a home, um, and that's a different setting, right? Because um, you have to uh, be involved with a lot of other children that you didn't ask for, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it, it, whereas in a home uh, with parents, uh, you might be dealing with one brother or one sister, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but not a whole, not eighteen other kids, right? Um, that all want the same kind of behaviors. Yeah, and I, I we, we talked about this a little bit in the last week's um, early childhood ECE live conversation that we do on Wednesday nights. Um, I've, I've lost patience with teachers, providers who get upset if they say, you know, we're seeing a lot of biting in in the center and the parent says oh we never see that at home and then the teachers get so annoyed and they sit in the break room and they make jokes and laugh at the parent for being in denial but they probably really don't see it at home because it's a totally different setting and who among us doesn't act differently dependent on whether we're home or at work or out to dinner every setting has its own guide for behavior it invites us to behave differently depending on the setting. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, parents will say, how do you get them to pick up toys? Well, um, <laughs> you know, it's not a demand. Uh-huh. Um, but if, if you set up a community of picker-uppers, um, <laughs> you're more likely to get that, although I I worry about a child who does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at home, it's a different circumstance because it's not just uh, picking up. It's uh, whether or not I've, I've been demanded to do it right? Um, or if there's a particular place for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So the situation different and the invitation of behavior mm-hmm. is different also. Yeah. I want to go back a minute because you said uh, when we were talking about those end of the day conversations and you said something about um, all, we, all we're doing is telling them what they're not doing and we right. should really be focusing on what is happening, any of the good things. Um, but authentic good things. Like we also don't want to just be like, oh, he was such a good boy today. Um, but I know a lot I of, I do too. A I'm lot just, of families <laughs> come in and the first question I'll get from a parent or, you know, whoever's picking up sometimes is, um, was he good today? 
Yes. And they're asking that because I think they think that's what they're supposed to be concerned about. Right. Yeah. So oh, we need to be prepared. If the child to... is good, then I'm good. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If so, if my Was child, a if good David is good, of my then I must today. be pretty good as a parent. <laughs> so I need reinforcement a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, that's part of why they ask. Yeah. We try to um, prepare. So right now I mostly work with grad students who get that question. But when I was a center director and I was working with teachers who got that question, I would try to help them be prepared for it by saying, you know, they may say, was he good today? What they're really maybe asking you is, do you like him? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Is there anything I need to know? Uh, What happened today? Because he'll say nothing. Um, Or she, when I ask. So be prepared and you can just, if they say, was he good today? You can just say something like, oh my gosh, we're at the water table and the greatest thing happened. And just go into it in a totally different way. So the more we make it real mm-hmm. and relevant to what the parent is really asking, uh, and you're right on target because in most cases, um, they they really want some uh, guidance in terms of what the child did that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being authentic uh, by stating um, he covered a whole sheet of paper day with green paint, et cetera, um, and just had a really good time uh, doing that uh-huh. uh, is more authentic than uh, saying, oh, oh, yeah, he was a good kid today. Because yeah. that really doesn't say anything uh, specific about what the child did that was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really, and I think I mentioned this maybe when, when I was emailing you about what I wanted to talk about. But for me, I've just decided that it's the qu- equivalent of tattling. Like We Absolutely. get so annoyed at children for tattling on each other. But we take such glee sometimes yes. in sharing that information at the end of the day. And it's it's really no different. Like we're just, most of the time we're just wanting to tell somebody what that third party did that wasn't acceptable. Right. And it's almost like we collect information so that we can tell somebody about it. Uh, and that's what we do when we tattle. It's essentially yeah. um, I'm going to collect this and I'm going to tell you everything mm-hmm. that I didn't like. Um, or that I did like, just so that I um, uh, get the opportunity to express it. Uh, in most cases, it's right on target, Heather. It's it's handling, which is what we often don't want children. Matter of fact, we get very upset when a child says, he didn't pick up kind right. of thing. You're like, oh, I don't care. Don't yeah. don't tattle all the time kind of thing. <laughs> take and care of yourself. Put, right, take care of yourself. Uh, and yet as adults, there's that. You know, it's okay for us to do it for some reason. Because it's parent engagement for some reason. Absolutely. Then when, we're, yeah. when, we, when we're the ones doing it, we can make, as with so many things around the issues of children's behavior, when we're doing it, we can make all kinds of qualifications for why it's Absolutely. okay. But right. when a child does it, we're not always willing to think, well, what else could be going on here? Yes. Same goes essentially, you know, when a, people will say, he's such a sassy child, and yeah. yet adults... Um, can say horrible things to each other, and yet we don't consider it to be sassy at all. Right, or we're just, uh, well, I just speak my mind. I just tell it how it is. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the other part of this is teachers and providers have been taught somewhere that they're supposed to inform parents about what their child did during the day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at this in reality. The parent is usually worked all day, 
um, or done something all day that's mm-hmm. pretty exhausting. Um, and then they get to the program and they want the child get to be ready to, to leave. Um, and then the provider and the teacher has information that they want to share uh, with that parent on the run, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and in most cases, the parent isn't listening um, because they have another plan, which is going someplace to get something. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, and then at the end of the day, they're saying something negative. The provider is saying something negative uh, to the parent after the parent has spent some kind of stressful day. Right. So I keep thinking we wouldn't do that to our best friends mm-hmm. very quickly. No. And one of my favorite things about this, this my about my work is the joyful reunion when parent yes. and child have been separated for the day and then there's a yes. joyful reunion and then we step in and we're like, I know you're really glad to see him, but wait till you hear what wait he did. Till, yeah, <laughs> wait, I got a list of things. <laughs> and it just ruins that moment of joy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to tell my teachers that if you feel like you absolutely have to tell a parent or the parent's really persistent in asking about behavior and you can't get out of it, you should only share it if you can also say what we've already done to try and support the child. Like, yes. Unless you can say, this happened, but here's what we're doing about it, and we just wanted you to know that we're doing that. I, th- I think that's a little bit different than just that list we tend to give at the end of a day. And it's not tattling. Right. It's, it's more real. It's more authentic. Yeah. Um, it's engaging. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it says... Um, this is what we do here, essentially. Right. It's also, and it's sort of like advocacy for ourselves. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. And I think the idea that we are going to encourage parents and our guardians to do the same thing at home mm-hmm. as we do in our programs is too high of an expectation. Yeah. Because first of all, there's different invitations that are given. Uh, there's different time restraints. So I tend to avoid, well, if you try the advice, Mm -hmm. um, if you try this, because this is what we do here at the center, you might get these results. Uh I'm real careful about that kind of advice. Yeah. Because first of all, it says to the parent, do it my way. Exactly. And if we ask the parent, well, what do you do at home? We're going to get stuff like, well, I spank him and I put, uh, you know, Mustard on his tongue, <laughs> you right, know, whatever the right. list of things mustard is. Mustard on his that, tongue. You know, that's, that's the most recent one I got. That's the most re- recent anti-biting piece of advice right. that I heard um, yeah. in a parent-to-parent conversation. So we we don't want to always make it reciprocal. <laughs> like we... Well, yeah, and if they ask, then you have to receive the response. Right, exactly. And heaven forbid if we have to do it sometime. <laughs> so <laughs> so I just I think that it's presented so often in the context of building relationships with families, but more often than not, it interferes with relationship building with families. Like I, I think the most effective way to really get a strong relationship with, with an adult who cares a lot about this kid that you're sharing with them is is to act like you like them <laughs> yes to, to yes. tell real stories about what you like about that child i know as a mom that's still my kids are you know in their mid-20s and that's still the best way to get in with me <laughs> absolutely you know everybody wants to hear something better uh-huh. than something worse yeah. uh, and and then the expectation that 
I'll tell you, we couldn't deal with it here at the center, so I hope you can deal with it at home. Good luck tonight. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. And God bless you on your journey. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. but I think building that relationship uh, is absolutely essential. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of handing somebody a cup of coffee and saying, I just want you to note that um, he did something and I wanted to explain that to you, but you're busy right now mm-hmm. and, and we'll have a conversation about this exciting thing that happened yeah. um, when you have a little more time. Yeah. And, and once, once you've established that you're both human, you and this other yes. adult are both human Yes, and yes. we're involved in messy work of dealing with other humans. Yes. <laughs> it yes. sets a completely different tone than if we get into this, well, I'm the teacher and you're the parent and I'm not supported by you. And yeah. th- that's going nowhere. That's no. And I think it happens more. My observation is it happens more in infant toddler settings. Um, and I think the reason this happens is because there, first of all, the child is very young. Uh-huh. And in, in some cases, I think parents feel guilty oh, sure. that they have to leave their infant or toddler in a program mm-hmm. um, and, and they're not with them for whatever reason. And so they want to know more mm-hmm. about what that child is ga- engaged in. So, and, and then we have all these reports about when the child yeah. Uh, goes when the child poops, when the child <laughs> eats, all that kind of component. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure every parent sits down and reads it totally um, <laughs> every night kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's important to just have that kind of personal engagement, mm-hmm. um, recognizing um, it must have been hard for you to do this today. And um, the child cried when you left. And I'm sure that was probably made you feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I want you to know how we did it how we handled it, Um, and this might happen occasionally, Uh just says that everybody's real here. It's just, it's it's what happens. Yeah, it's it's like so many other aspects of this work, if we can get the power dynamic out of the relationships, whether that's between us and a child and or us and the family, like if we can just take the power out of it and take any kind of hierarchy out of it and just all be people together yes um, yes I, th- I think we would see we would f- I think we'd feel better <laughs> Absolutely. but I think we would also see each other very differently yeah and I and I think that each person then uh, evolves and grows as they be- as they start trusting mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. um, and that trust is built by being sincere being you know careful a careful a kindness, uh-huh. um, it helps improve that kind of relationship building. Yeah, I I was I've been thinking about this this week. It's come up in a couple of different contexts, but mostly I just there's there's one little boy that for three mornings in a row he didn't want to come to school, and he was very vocal about that. And I was holding him, and we were struggling together. And he said again, "I just don't want to come to this school." And I said, "You know what? I didn't want to come to this school this right. morning either. Right. But we're both here. <laughs> so what can we yes. do together?" Yes. Um, and then you know, mom came to pick up, and I feel like I've got a good relationship. So I just yeah, I said we both struggled, but we struggled together. <laughs> and, yes. And take him home now. <laughs> yeah. Here you yeah. go. Yeah. Here you go. It's been a pleasure, but here. <laughs> yes, but here you go. <laughs>
goodness. Yes. Well, I want to wrap wrap up. This has been a good one, but are there any last thoughts or any any parting shots you'd send out there? I think if you can't say something, you know, that that old slogan, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, (laughs) I think really fits here. Yeah. Because when you're looking at um, helping a a parent who's picking up a child, um, they really want to know something real, something Mm -hmm. authentic, but also something okay. Yeah. um, That that says my child is okay. And I am okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an important relationship building at the end of a, a conversation. Yeah. Rather than the tattling um, <laughs> that occurs. Yeah. Um, Even though it may feel like a relief to us in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, probably yeah. creating more stress for us Abs- in the long term. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much, Dan. This was a good thanks, conversation. <laughs> um, and thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you'll come back for another episode. Goodbye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.